When I was growing up, I was always told that I was too much to handle. I was too loud, too opinionated, too demanding, just plain too much. Now, as an adult, I celebrate these qualities within myself and within the women I know. This is a call to action. This is a space to own your too muchness. This is too much to handle. in here and I'm with Danny DeAndrea, who is the guru behind Spatial Solutions, a service that helps redefine your relationship with your space. And she's also an amazing yoga instructor and actually one of my friends from high school. We are going to break down some simple and tangible ways you can organize and declutter your home and how that can actually transform your entire life. But first, before we transform your life, uh, I want to give a shout out to reviewer Gumster, who says, I'm so excited that Hannah Cranston has her own podcast. The smart, thought-provoking discussions are open-minded and really inclusive of everybody. This isn't just for the ladies, y'all. It's for everyone. I can't wait for more episodes. Thank you so much. That means so much to me. Yes, this is this podcast is for everyone. Obviously, I'm a woman and I'm coming from that experience, but this is for everyone, y'all. I'm really trying to work that into my vocabulary. Let me know if it works or not. I probably doesn't since I'm from LA, but I'm trying. Um, it and 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 leaving these reviews is so crucial to the life of this podcast. And so I'm so grateful when you guys take the time to do that. Plus, it just gives me all the feels. I'm going to be real with you. When you guys write nice things or talk about how the podcast affected you, makes me feel good inside. So I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's worth it for you. Um but yes, this is for everybody. And there's so many different sort of discussions that we have on the show that are thought provoking, like the one that we're going to have today about the fact that transforming your space can transform your life. So I'm so excited to introduce you guys to Danny. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I know. I'm so excited to have you. So guys, we went to high school together and we were friendly in high school, yeah. um, but we haven't talked since no. high school. We, and I, we ran into each other at the yoga studio. At yoga. Yeah. And then I'm like, what are you doing? And she has this amazing Instagram. Um, I mean, she's amazing business, but then amazing Instagram. Cause I feel like I see you on every single Instagram influencers page now <laughs> because you're like transforming their homes. So tell me what spatial solutions is like, what do you do? Break oh, it down. Lately, let's break it down. So I'm an intuitive space planner. I made it up. It was basically this like combination of organization, interior styling, and like sort of the Eastern components of feng shui mm. that I just sort of felt like didn't have a name. So I decided to name it. I like it. Um, yeah, I'm into it too. <laughs> um, so basically I help people redefine their relationship with their space mm -hmm. through organization and design and then working on that like subtle energy that the space has is really transformed through those two modalities. Mm. So basically that could look like me helping you declutter your kitchen, like getting things out of there to streamlining it and installing infrastructure in a brand new home that you've just moved into. And you're like, ah, all the stuff's out of the boxes, but like, where the fuck should it live? Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I come in and use my expertise and my knowledge around what you really need to keep the best way to organize it. And like, around your particular lifestyle and then 
add some like zhuzh with like plants and like fun mm. stuff like that. So how did that like come to you? Had you always been interested in, you know, design and organization and all of that stuff? How, how did, where did this That's come from? That's a great question. Um, so I, growing up, like I would go to friends' houses and like when their house, their rooms were messy, I would always be like, let's just like clean it up. And their parents would be like, <laughs> we love having Danny over. <laughs> she always like helps you tidy your room. <laughs> and that was just, I really don't like mess. Mess yeah. gives me anxiety. Like mm-hmm. I even think back to like teachers' classrooms in, in high school that were like really organized versus teachers that kind of had like more of like a messy layout and how that would like distract me during class. And I actually wasn't paying attention to what anyone was talking about. I was just like, why is that over there? That makes no sense. There's books all over the table. How does she find anything? So I like wasn't listening at all Mm -hmm. in high school is the moral (laughs) of that story. Anyway. Um, and, and so I was always kind of doing it, but I didn't know it was a thing. It was Mm -hmm. sort of just how I regulated my environment. And, um, I'm very tactile. I like to like touch things and learn and Mm -hmm. like move with my body. I'm not like good at just sitting in one place for a long time. Um, so I thought I wanted to, to be a therapist. Like I went, I got really interested in psychology, studied that in in college and I love human behavior. I love understanding why people do what they do. Um, and then I graduated college and I was like, I don't really want to go back to school to Mm -hmm. become a therapist. I, and I had kind of a a mental breakdown around that because I had sort of latched onto this idea as like a security blanket. Part of of your identity. Exactly. Of like what I was going to do. And that was really clear to me. Um, And then I was in therapy, ironically, and my therapist was like, you don't have to be a therapist to help people. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. So there's like other things that I can do with like what I like am passionate about, Mm -hmm. which wasn't fully clear at that time, but I had become a preschool teacher during this identity crisis. And what became really apparent to me in my second year of teaching was that I actually didn't like working with children at all. Mm, Um, Why? (laughs) um, It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Um, What became, what like lit my fire internally was we switched from an upstairs classroom to a downstairs classroom and we had to move everything. Uh And I was just like over the moon about styling, organizing, and like creating this infrastructure in the classroom to set the kids up for success. Yeah. And I was like, the kids would come in the morning and I was like, Ugh. but I was like so excited to like remove, like to move the library area to a different corner and like try something. Yeah. So I was like, also at the time I was like helping some of my co-teachers at their houses. I was like, Oh, they're like, you're really good at that. Like want to come over and help me. And I'll be like, I was like, yeah, sure. And then I started to like do some of my own research. Cause one of them was like, you should do this. And I was like, you're right. I should do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found out that professional organizing was a thing. So I latched onto that as my next sort of like sense of self. I was like, I'm going to be a professional organizer. And, um, I left being a teacher and became, um, a personal assistant slash nanny Mm -hmm. for this family. And, you know, it was all good and grand for a couple months. And then I sort of like plateaued in that. And I actually did yoga teacher training while I worked for them. And that was at the end of December, 2016. Mm -hmm. And, um, when I finished yoga teacher training, I like came out a different person. I was just like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I knew that like working for this family wasn't going to last for much longer cause I had just evolved so much. Mm-hmm. And, um, then they, the universe stepped in, in my opinion, and was they, the family cut me to part-time with no notice. And I just started like hustling my business on the side. Mm-hmm. I stopped really showing up to that. And then in April, 2017, they just let me go. And then I just 
decided to go with this and like do it. I was, yeah. And then about a year into doing it, I realized I'm not a professional organizer in like rebranding and like creating my own brand identity with a web designer. Um, I discovered that like I'm an intuitive space planner. It's like something totally different that like doesn't formally exist outside of my mind <laughs> yeah. other than what I'm doing. You know what right, I mean? Right, it right. wasn't like anywhere. It was just like this fusion of like the energetic benefits, the like the mindfulness that you get from like your yoga and meditation practice and like the actual organization and then like the styling and interior design, which I always have been interested in, but like used to have a lot of self-doubt like, oh, I didn't go to school for this. I'm mm. not an artist. Like I don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I just, now I just do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I love this story because like you didn't know that something that you were so passionate about that you had this fire within you about could be something that was your day job. Yeah. You know what I mean? That you could do all the time. Exactly. And sometimes it's those things like somebody saying, Hey, you know, you can do this, right. Or having, mm -hmm. you know, being let go to really push you into that. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about intuitive space planning and why, like what the, what that means first, let's mm -hmm. start there. What yeah. that, what does that mean? Okay. So intuitive space planning, I call it that because the, the process is very intuitive mm -hmm. and a lot of people think, um, that things like we like things that are linear and clear cut and to be put into boxes and labeled. But the whole idea of it being intuitive is that like, we're going to go with the flow of kind of like where your space takes us. Mm -hmm. We may start, like you may hire me just to edit your closet, right? Your, your bedroom closet. And I can 100% help you do that. But as we do that, we might find that there's not a, enough space in here. So maybe we need to reconfigure the layout of your bedroom to work in a new dresser, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. that everything flows more seamlessly. Um, so it's sort of this like intuitive, like integration of parts that kind of come together through trying to get you more organized to have the most like efficient and like beautiful space. Mm. Okay. That like, that makes sense to me. Like yeah. I'm getting it now. Yeah. Like, so I just moved this past weekend. Yeah. And congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, but the way we had our, we, you know, unpacked our boxes into our kitchen. And then I realized that where I had the oil, wasn't close to exactly. the stove. And okay, yes. okay, there it, we go. That's it's the intuitive, intuitive part. Yeah, okay. It's like I don't Got like it. to say one 100% rule for all things. Yeah. Like always put your this here because the truth is, is like maybe that's not how you flow. Yeah. And I've always put like my part. glasses on the first shelf and my mugs on the second highest shelf. And I grab my mug more than any glass, you know? So we just moved it to the bottom. Yeah. All the high See? ones are like my boyfriend stuff because I can't reach any exactly. of them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Okay. I got yeah. it. Okay. So that's I where people came are getting up it. with that. Yeah. That's I where love I came it. up with that. I love that. Yeah. And so what are the benefits of decluttering? Well, there are so many benefits to decluttering because often- Or editing. You say yeah, editing. I, I like to say editing. Yeah, I like um, that. My mentor taught me that and I really like it because I think it's- um, we have a more positive association with the word edit, right? Mm. Like you'll edit a paper, you know, like edit is just a little bit more like, it sounds more official in a way. I don't know why. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's yeah. edit it. Edit it. Yeah. Um, decluttering sounds like, it, first of all, it implies that you have clutter mm. and maybe you don't actually have a ton of clutter, but you can always edit. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm that's like you. a subtle, okay. yeah. um, like it, verbiage is important. It is. Yeah. Language is everything. Um, so, um, benefits to editing are 
you take inventory of everything you own when you look through it. You also take ownership of it. And it's really important during the editing process that like you look at each thing, you don't breeze by things, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And once you you get over that initial hump of like, I'm going to edit now, you're like, you're in it. You're like, yeah. this is easy. I'm flowing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's fun. And I'm really there with my clients. Like I take on more of like a coaching and a facilitating role mm-hmm. in the process. I'm like sitting next to them, but they're the ones like really going through the stuff. Yeah. Cause that would stress me out to have somebody quote unquote right. edit my stuff. Like maybe you don't know that I wear that sequin top exactly. on the weekends by myself. Exactly. Like, yes, I've never worn it out. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Don't throw it away though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I take a different approach in like, I'm very one-on-one hands-on. Like I coach my clients. Cause like Ultimately, what I want to do is empower you to be able to make these decisions when I'm not around. Yeah. You know, Um, I'm here to help you go past your comfort zone, but you can always be editing. I'm always editing. Um, Other benefits to editing are like clarity. You get really clear on what you, you might, you might really need a new white basic tea, Mm, right? mm -hmm. But like, you don't know that until you edit. You just keep feeling like you need new shirts and you keep buying new shirts, but you don't know what Which, new shirt uh, you need. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, also, a huge part of editing is that you're starting to take responsibility for what you own and you become really aware of how much you own. Yeah. Even if like you, like I don't own a lot, but like if I had to pack everything up and move, like it would, it would be a lot of labor yeah. just because like we acquire a lot of things. Stuff, yeah. Um, so... I think it's great um, to just kind of observe that, Mm -hmm. like how much we allow into our spaces unconsciously at times Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then choosing to make a conscious decision about what you allow into your space and saying no to everything else. Mm. Um, Samples, pamphlets, coupons, all that. It's all like it, you know, it'll always come passively. Yeah. If you don't give it a hard no. Um, and then I just had another thought and then I forgot it, but it'll come back in a second about editing. So, you know who I'm going to bring up, obviously, in this conversation. So everybody's talking about right now Marie Kondo. Uh So what does the process, your process look like compared to hers? Um, that's a great question. So mine's a little bit more intuitive. I don't like, she has a very specifically, we start with, you know, like she has Mm -hmm. like her categories and how she moves. And then she also organizes, um, by not by room, but by object. So she does the books in the whole house as opposed to doing the office books. Mm. And then like, once we get into the bedroom, then we'll do the bedroom books. She's like, no, all books. Um, which is totally cool. Um, I think she's wonderful. She's a very smart businesswoman. You know what I mean? Like this is the Eastern way, right? Mm -hmm. Having less, taking care of your things for a long time and taking ownership over your space is cultural. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's beautiful. And like, she's just shared that with the rest of the world. And that's a gift mm-hmm. ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing she doesn't discuss is like discuss, not discussed, um, <laughs> where things go when you're done with them. Ah. And that's like a huge thing that actually started weighing on me. Probably I would say like six to eight months ago where I was like starting to feel really heavy about the way that I was helping people get rid of things, but mm-hmm. not knowing the best way to do it. So I like sought out some mentorship in that. Um, and I've been like blogging a lot more about that, sharing information, but ultimately the goal is not to organize more. It's to consume less and better. Mm. You know, Mm. I logically, I hear you, Danny. I know. Logically, I hear you emotionally. Yeah. It's a lot. I am shut off to that concept. So I think 
like for me personally, and I am sure there's somebody else out there maybe who feels similar, like the concept of editing and organizing like really stressed me out. Yeah. Like you have a physiological reaction in your body. I know. Like if I didn't move, I don't know if I would have ever done it. And then going through the process of moving, I'm like, holy shit. Like I, you guys, I am a hoarder. (laughs) I am like, I'm not TLC hoarder, but like, I'm pretty freaking close. And my, my boyfriend actually was like, oh, you should watch Marie Kondo. And I like refused because even the concept of like, knowing that, that that I had clutter and knowing that decluttering would help me like stressed me out. So what do we like, what do you tell people who maybe are listening and they don't even think that there's a way that they could ever get to that point of what they may see on your Instagram? Um, look, what do you tell them? Like, how do you even start that process? Yeah, that's, I mean, first is like, I mean, I have a process that I move through with every client, which is like the first step is awareness. And that's like even just taking the call or you saying what you just said, like, I have a physiological reaction in my body Mm -hmm. around the thought of getting rid of stuff or even just like taking on the task. Yeah. Cool. Like you got to sit with that. Yeah. And like continue to uncover what it is because like what's sitting under a lot of that is usually fear. Mm -hmm. And well, obviously, but like specifically a scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. This idea that like I can't let go of this because I won't get it back again. I don't have enough. Yes. Yes. Because that's – my boyfriend doesn't understand this because I'll be like he's more minimalist. He's more – doesn't have a lot of stuff. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like I need these because what if – Yeah, it's the what what if. if. Like I need what if one day I need to wear this or what if Mm -hmm. I won't be able to purchase another pair of – you know, work slacks that I've never worn. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and the other part of it is like the, in, the financial investment, yeah. right. That we're like, we have this like two opposing beliefs in our culture. One is, um, buy things. Mm-hmm. And the second is don't waste. Yeah. Ironically. Mm-hmm. And like, usually the things that you bought were produced in a very wasteful way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but we'll get into that at a later time. <laughs> um, that's a whole nother spiel, but we're constantly being pushed to buy things unconsciously to like, like to just go out and buy it Yeah. without like taking the time to like window shop and like try things on. I always like bring something home, put it on with a bunch of different outfits, like wear it around my house a little bit and then be like, how do I feel? Do I like want to go out into the world with this? And then I decide if I keep it. What I used to do before I had this mindfulness practice around purchasing things was buy something, rip off the tags Mm -hmm. um, and then be like, fuck, I don't, I'm never going to wear this, Yeah, you know? Um, But what I would say to that person is like, keep exploring, keep dropping into that awareness. Like what comes up for you? Journal about it, write about it. Was it like, oftentimes you can tie it back to an instant with your parents, Mm. something that you observed or um, absorbed in your, in your primary caregiver's environment around like wastefulness or um, money or, um, just like taking care of your things, whatever it is, there's a story. And it's just like peeling back the layers. So like, that's like the first step is awareness before you take any action. And then the next step would be action. And I would say, make it something really small and manageable. Like just do one drawer and then call it quits. Like give yourself a really hard boundary on what you're going to do. And then that's it. And then you don't have to be like, oh, now that I have to go to the rest of my house, 
just try one drawer and like maybe you don't get rid of anything. Maybe you just start a maybe pile, Mm. right? Like take Mm -hmm. it in baby steps. Like if you're trying this on your own. Yeah. And then from there, usually you get a lot of motivation and you're really excited about and you feel really empowered around this space that you're creating in your life, around letting things go that you're like, I never use this. Someone else could benefit from those slacks. Like it's not that I'm wasting them. You just have to actually change the story around them is that there's somebody else that would really love these. And they're sitting in my closet and I'm actually not allowing these to get into somebody's hands who might really benefit from it. Yeah. Right? So Mm -hmm. it's like – that's the that's the editing side and the the mindfulness and the coaching side on on making a difference moving forward after you've edited is like being a really harsh critic around what you allow into your space and staying in an abundance mindset of being mm-hmm. like I'm not going to buy that yet cuz you know what like I trust that that might not be the shirt for me I'm not going to just buy it cuz I need it for tonight yeah I'm going to wait and I'll borrow something from a friend and like just be really slow around what you allow into your life because ultimately you're responsible for it. You're yeah. going to have to take it with you when you move. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's your shit to deal with. And the more physical stuff you have, like the more weight you carry around. Yeah. And there's stories tied to all of your shit. All of it. It's so and true. And it's taking up space yeah. in your consciousness. And your eyes, our eyes are always taking in so much information and seeing those things trigger memories. Maybe it drifts into your consciousness or it stays in your unconscious. But like there's stories, memories, stuff is always coming up. Yeah. So the more stuff you have in your space that you actually don't fucking like, the more you're being drawn to that vibration of that thing that you don't fucking like, which is a low vibration. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good point. I never like thought of it that way. Yeah, there's a lot of psychology behind it. Like the the emotions that are tied to certain clothes or outfits or, you know, whatever else, you know, Mm -hmm. the F you have in your house. Yeah. That there's – because it's interesting because, like, as you say and you talk about our parents, like, I think about my grandparents who, you know – my grandpa fought in World War II yep. and they were Jewish and then scarcity mindset, yeah, right? Like and survival. Depression. Survival. Like you had to hold on to, yes. the, to the coloring, the free coloring book that you got at the grocery store because Absolutely. that was the only coloring book your kids were going to get. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think my parents probably took on of that, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that we are like our parents' generation, then our generation specifically are one of the first like that can really take a step back from that because we are so fortunate where we know yeah. that we can buy another coloring book or yeah. buy another this. We don't have to keep it just in case. Like what yeah. if I ever want to color, you know? Yeah. And and then the other side of that, which is like such a beautiful point, which is like the literal socioeconomic yeah. and like cultural components that like our parents grew up in that contributed to our mindset. And then the other side of that is like, not buying just to buy. Yeah. Because we have produced, like, you know, it didn't, things didn't used to be single use and disposable either. Mm -hmm. And now everything's wrapped in plastic and like we're destroying our environment because we don't take ownership of our, the way in which we acquire things and then just dispose of them. We're just like, it's trash. Bye. There is no away. Right. You know, I take, wait, say it again for the people (laughs) in the back. There is no away. Nothing is like, Plastic is not disposable. 
it only gets moved somewhere else. So it's like, that's what, like what I've really been focusing on is like educating clients too about like brands that you can use and consume to like little things. It's all of us doing, doing a little bit better. It's not perfect. Yeah. Nobody said you need to be perfect, but just being a little bit more mindful, you know, mm -hmm. like carry your own cutlery set with you. Like one less person throwing shit into the, into the landfill. And like recycling isn't an effective system of, yeah. of waste as we know right now. It's like, it's not working. Mm -hmm. So it's really comes down to us like using less and better. Yeah. And like taking ownership over that. And this is all part of it when you realize like how much if you, you do dispose of things or kind of just do away with things um, during the editing process. And that's like, <laughs> this is like my own like guilt mm -hmm. in this, like seeing how much waste is produced in the work that I do that I had to like in the past couple months, like find a way for me to like shift and educate myself and then educate my clients about things that they could do that are manageable that make a difference. So for your clients who do this process, what, after going through the process, what is the number one thing that you hear after? Um, I feel lighter. Yeah. I just feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. I'm so excited to come back into my space. Like it's so easy. I'm, it's easy and it's light, mm. you know, like it's easy to find that shirt. It's easy to do my, you know, my evening face routine, you yeah. know, now that I don't have 17,000 products that I've never touched before in my cabinet. <laughs> have you been in my bathroom? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. So like we're, it's really, we're not alone in that. Like we're yeah. all kind of struggling with it. And the, the hard thing about especially a skincare routine is like we want to try different products and try different things. We just really have to like wait it out before we buy that next thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So for people who want that feeling, that light feeling, um, maybe they're not in LA so they yeah. can't necessarily well, hire you. Well, I work oh. virtually now. Well, she works virtually now, <laughs> peeps. So yeah. you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> um, what like like – Let's play a game. Like if yeah. I, so I just moved, yeah. right? And yeah. I have all, I, all of this shit. Yeah. Um, what you come to my house or we Skype. Yeah. Walk me through what that process okay. looks like for people who maybe could take some of these, um, and apply it for themselves. Okay. So first you're going to look, let's, let's just go with bathroom, okay. right? Yeah. Like you've taken out all of your skincare products from the box. I'm like, okay, let's start. Tell me what you use. Why is that important? What? Why do you, why do you have to take it out of the box? Oh, I just meant Help like me. you've unpacked. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I meant like if it's brand new, um, it takes up less space if it's out of the okay. box usually. What you do know, you call like that? Decant or something Yeah. Like decanting that? is like taking something out of one part and like opening it up and pouring it out. Usually like oh. you do that in the kitchen a lot. Okay. You can't really like decant. I mean, you could, I mean, I don't know. That'd be weird. Grammar. Okay. Move um, over. <laughs> But let's say like you've unpacked this skincare box and you're like, I don't know how to put any of this stuff away in my bathroom. There's so much product here. I don't know like my head from my feet right now. I'm like, cool. Just show me what you use every day. Like, what are you so excited about touching? Like, you're mm -hmm. like, okay, so this is my occasional pimple cream. This is my morning cream. This is my eye morning cream. This is my nighttime cream, my nighttime eye serum, a mask, a, you know, all yeah. the things. And I'm like, great. Set that off to the side what's the rest of this shit? And you're mm -hmm. like, okay, well, this is all hair. Cool. Let's get hair into a pile. And then I'm like, why do you have 17 hairsprays? And you're like, well, I tried that one. I didn't like, I tried that one. I didn't like, it. and like, cool. You packed all of them, but you're telling me you use one and the rest you hate. Mm. Cool. So we're going to move these over here because yeah. we know you love this one. 
Great. Now hairs together. We have your brushes, your one hairspray. Now we move into, um, let's like moisturizers, like for your body. And you're like, um, yeah, I use these for different things. I'm like, okay, so, but do you actually, like, Mm. I'm going to keep questioning you around Mm. like what your real, like, what do you really use? And like, when you put this on, like sometimes we're like, put that on your hand right now, like rub it between, do you like the way it smells or are you keeping it? Cause like your boyfriend's mom got it for you for Christmas last year and you feel like you can't get rid of it. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's not personal real yeah. quick. But it's yes, like these yes. things, right? People like, have that. Yeah, yeah. totally. I went, when I was going through my stuff and I was cleaning up my apartment from, for the move, yeah. there were so many things that I realized that I was holding on to because I felt like I quote unquote had to. Like yeah. I had a whole pack of cards that weren't even like thoughtful or thought yeah. out. It was just like sign somebody's name at the end. Like, why do I need that? Yeah. And that's, what's really funny. It's, it's so like co- when I go through people's like sentimental or memento section and I find all of these birthday cards, like, and I had this epiphany a few years ago when I was editing my own like mementos yeah. box, yeah. I was like, I don't even like my grandma writes me the same card every year, like bless her heart, love her to death. But like each year they actually get harder to read and like they don't say anything anymore. It's just like love Grammy. Yeah. I'm like, this isn't like even a good rep. Even if she like passed on, I wouldn't be like this card. It's just like, it's an, it's her. Yeah. You just realize it's just taking up space. Yeah. I had basketball tickets from a game that I went to with an ex-boyfriend. Yeah. And I was like, like, first of all, I'm not gonna remember who I went to this. Second of all, like I'm in a new relationship. This yeah. makes no sense exactly. that I'm like having this energy in my space. Yeah. Okay. And it's just like yeah. all of these little things and the, the stories we attach to them. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the first step is awareness. Like, why am I holding on to it? Yeah. Maybe you're not ready to let it go yet. The other thing, it came back to me about mm-hmm. editing mm-hmm. from the beginning. You're always evolving as a human being yeah. and your space should be evolving with you. So the thing is, is we should be editing frequently because something you may not have been ready to get rid of a few months ago, three months later, you're like, fucking hate this shirt. That was old Hannah. Like, fuck it. You know what I mean? And you're just ready. And I'm always moving things around in my space. I'll move a plant over here. I'll move a crystal over there. I'll try this art on a different wall. Cause like, as I evolve as a human being, I feel this, this intuitive urge inside of me to shift my space to come back into alignment with who I am right now. Mm. So your space is not static. It is not stagnant. You are not stagnant. So if your space is in what way is that actually pulling you back from moving you forward? Yeah. And that's why editing is so important because you're actually taking the opportunity to continue to raise the vibration of your space as you also evolve as a human. Mm. Oh, that is so, so good. And it's something that you just don't think about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like even I think even with the rise of Marie Kondo, like like I I almost use it as a parody yeah. because I'd be like, yes, like this random shirt from – 1997 that I still own. Wait, Danielle, because we knew each other in yeah. middle school. Like yeah. I, I, I think I brought them with me. But I have a pair of juicy velour sweats. Yeah, you do. That are still from seventh grade that I still carry with me. And the concept of them sparking joy just like didn't vibe with me. Yeah, you know, I just I, do, I like it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. to me. Um, but I get what you're saying. Like I understand how you're like every time I put those on. Um, they remind me of going to the store. I bought them with my dad because uh, everybody in did seventh grade. Did you get grade, them at Fred Siegel? 
No, I got them at some store at Century City Mall. Okay. I don't remember. Some like kids TV yeah. store. Yeah. And I wanted them so bad because yeah. everybody had them in seventh grade. Did you have to get them hemmed too? Because oh, I did. Of course. Yeah, of course. I mean, they were like miniature. The, like, yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but every time I think back of my dad like making this gesture to mm-hmm. take me to this place and get me these pants that I wanted so badly. Mm-hmm. And it like makes me smile. And I think I think about him like when I come out of the dressing room and um, you know, and him being yeah. like, okay, like those work. Yeah. Cause like that that bring that brings me happiness and that energy. Yeah. So of course I kept my juicy sweatpants. They don't spark joy, but it yeah. has this this well, energy that, yeah. that I like having in my And what space. I usually ask my clients instead of like, does it spark joy? I say, does it make you feel heavy or light? Like oh. hold it, put it on. Like is the story attached to it heavy or is the story attached to it light? Because the story you just told me is really light and beautiful and like a really bright, vibrant energy as like outdated and ridiculous as Juicy Couture Velour sweatpants It's making are. a comeback. Yeah. I swear to God. <laughs> are, no, tracksuits are 100% in style. Um, but like they bring, like you just lit up. Talk, yeah. I would never, it is not up to me to tell you what is important to you. Mm-hmm. My job is to facilitate and coach you through the process of letting things go that no longer serve you. So for people that are listening, what is one thing that you want them to leave this podcast knowing about editing and intuitively designing their space? Um, Number one is like awareness that you are in a relationship with your space Mm -hmm. and you're constantly in a, like in a feedback loop with it. And you are not independent of it. Like you guys are working together and like the things in your space will either lift you up or weigh you down. So good. Um, All right. I'm going to ask you five rapid fire questions that you can answer in a word, phrase, Mm -hmm. whatever works for you. What is one thing that you cannot live without? 100%. I cannot live without human connection. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Right when I asked that question, I was like, you know what? I can't live without pizza. But yours is way, (laughs) way more uh, emotional and beautiful. Uh, What drives you? Um, Helping other people. I love that. You hear that in your story that you were searching for the way that you could help other people that also helped you. 100%. And I love that. Yeah. Um, What keeps you positive? My support system. Mm. Yeah. What or who inspires you? Um, The like wonderful, badass community of people I surround myself with, like constantly pushing me to like a better version of myself. Love that. And then what is your intention? It could be for today, tomorrow, or even your lifetime. Um, My intention for the month of April is integration. Just integrating all these different parts into the whole, becoming a more expanded version of myself. Damn. So, so deep. Uh, (laughs) Danny, where can people find you? Um, You can find me on Instagram um, at spatial solution. So instead of solutions, it has the word soul in it, mm. you know, mm. I so get I do it. this with my soul. Um, same with the website, www.spatialsolutions.com. And yeah, that's, those are my main platforms. And I'm on Pinterest too, if you want to see like inspo and stuff that I create. And so if people are in LA, they can book a session with you. Yeah. And if they want to do a digital session, 100%, they would just submit the inquiry form on my website and we'll get the show on the road. 
perfect. <laughs> I love it. And just a reminder, you guys can always find me at Hannah Cranston. Please, please, please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Also, if you have a minute, please, please rate and review this podcast. I'm giving shout outs every week and reading your comments. They mean so much to me and the life of this podcast. And a reminder, we'll be coming at you every Wednesday. So buckle up because it's going to be too much. See you next week.